0: There's nothing quite so empty as a glass without anything in it, especially when you're thirsty. everyone. welcome to Word with Michael David Clay. Uh, you could look at that glass for a while and think to yourself, hmm, I wish. And as much as wishing could bring anything about... It has to also be, I guess, predicated upon or based upon some belief that it could happen. But if you take away the possibility, if you take away the potential, then I don't care what you do. You could wish, uh, you could even hope and um, still come up discouraged. Maybe even to the extent that you would lose hope. And today's podcast is about hope, taken from Psychology Today, April of 2022. The article is written by David Feldman, Ph.D. The power to access the belief that things can get better, no matter the challenges, can quite literally change the world. Few people would use the word hopeful to describe the state of our world today. But we also know that hope can exist, even in the midst of pain. Essayist and activist Rebecca Solnit wrote, Your opponents would love you to believe that it's hopeless, that you have no power, that there's no reason to act, that you can't win. Hope is a gift you don't have to surrender, a power you don't have to throw away. Real hope is no delusion. It isn't about living in a fantasy world, and it doesn't deny suffering and pain. In our book, Super Survivors, my co-author and I profiled survivors of trauma who went on to do things that made the world a better place. A through line in the stories was what we called grounded hope. Even though all of them exemplified a forward-looking spirit, they were firmly grounded in the realities of their situation. When James Cameron, the only survivor of a 1930 lynch mob, established the first NAACP chapter in Anderson, Indiana, and ultimately founded America's Black Holocaust Museum, he wasn't under any illusion that the world was a wonderful place. His hope was fueled by a belief that, despite the resistance he would face, his hard work could build or help build a better life for black Americans. At its heart, hope is a perception, but one that gives us the power to create reality. It's a perception of something that does not yet exist. And research shows that when people have hope, their goals are actually more likely to become reality. That's because when people have a clear belief about what is possible, they're more likely to take steps to make it happen. You may have heard the expression, hope is not a strategy. (laughs) Don't believe it. Hope is a way of thinking that pushes us to take action. Research by C.R. Snyder found that most hopeful people had three things in common. Goals, pathways or strategies, and agency. They were under no illusion that all their strategies would work. They tended to try multiple pathways, realizing that many would be blocked. But they persisted because they had an abiding belief in themselves and their capabilities. It's tempting to lose hope today, but that would be surrendering a vital power. Again, the author David Feldman, Ph.D., Psychology Today, April of 2022, Hope. The power to access the belief that things can get better, no matter the challenges, can quite literally change the world. Now, again, people can hope. Uh, I could hope on a lot of things. Uh, I could even wish upon a lot of things. And certainly, whether or not I might otherwise achieve, acquire, have fulfillment of that uh, wish or that hope probably depends on a lot of factors, Uh, but the most basic ones, I suppose, comes down to me. I have to conceive of it, at least enough to wish for it, and supposing the possibility, the potential exists then my conception, my wish, combined with a possibility or a potential for it to happen, the outcome to take place, is probably the formula for hope. If you don't have some, I suppose, desire or motive uh, mixed with then at least a remote chance that it could actually happen, you're probably not going to get started. Now, it is true that there's a lot of obstacles to overcome along the way. Anything's like that. That's probably what process is all about. Uh, Process is taking something and making it something else. And in this particular podcast today, we're going to sort of use that as a basis for taking an idea. A thought, a notion. Maybe it's an answer to a problem. Maybe it's, again, just something you sat around and considered and came to a conclusion, hey, that might be, that might be worth some effort. Uh, look at that. Maybe it could be done differently. Uh, again, that in and of itself is another podcast, the source of motive. But it first comes in the form of some awareness Maybe it always is based on need, Um, but again, I don't know that that's true. There's probably a lot of good things that happened to people that otherwise began as a thought, they conceived of them, that really didn't have much to do with need, except you might consider that humans are designed, intentioned. Uh, To maximize from, participate in, otherwise a universe (laughs) that's filled full of not only material example, but otherwise process, (laughs) creative process that is always changing, that's always adapting, that's always bringing something new about. We respond to that. Hopefully, at least get a bit excited when there's an opportunity to create. And when you kind of put it there, then the need really is to fulfill a mandate or imperative that's well beyond anyone's intention thought. Uh, It's mandatory. But I suppose there's, again, some things that you may conceive of that you wouldn't have the ability to do. And, and those you might want to stay away from. Uh, I don't know, though. I'm sort of thinking this through as we're discussing it today on the podcast. And maybe, maybe there's, as they used to say, the sky's the limit. There shouldn't be any restriction. Maybe, maybe that's the whole message of hope. The minute you start to put too much definition on it, you begin to take away from the possibility, again, potential, likelihood, probability that it's going to happen. But I do think that considering all of us have, in some sort of scope, some limitation put upon us by our mortality, our human existence, uh, that there's only so much that we might, in some material dimension, be able to do, it's going to be limited. But maybe that's important to acknowledge. You know, there's two realms that we're contending with here. (laughs) There is the one of all things are possible. And then the other one is except that there's only so much of us. And humans are, again, restricted or limited uh, in any moment over the course of a lifetime. Uh, there's only so much that you can do. You can't do it all. So getting back to this notion of conception, maybe it is just the need to live. Or maybe living requires all of us to be a participant to some extent in a creative process or dynamic. But maybe what we're really talking about is hope (laughs) is one of the greatest enhancements. If you hope upon things... And believe them to be possible, then maybe it's not just life, but maybe it's an incredible sort of magnification. It's not only life, but it's better life. It's best life. It's all the things that you might want to believe, as if we could hope, as if we could aspire to, wish for life to be. But how easy it is (laughs) to get caught up in the negatives and all those things that maybe didn't work or that the process, which is within some dimension of time, uh, I've already framed it that way within moment to moment, day to day, year to year, over the course of a human lifespan. Uh, multiple dimensions, I suppose, in that way. But when you start to look at it that way, hope may be eternal, but we're not. Uh, we are, again, confined to a certain amount of time. And, and possibly when you begin to look at things with such big eyes that sky's the limit all the time. Or as you're going down that road from conception to outcome, uh, from a wish, a hope for, and then actually seeing with potential or likelihood that it's going to happen, there'll, re- there'll be motive required. <laughs> there'll be periods of time or periods within that time that you may lose motive, and become discouraged, which I don't know is necessarily the antithesis of hope, but many people that I work with on a day-to-day basis have lost hope. They've begun to impose extra. If, if hope is the enhancement, then hopeless thus, which I would say is exactly the opposite, then the antithesis is really when we start to take away, if you even considered a neutral proposition, hope then would lean it more toward the accomplishment, the outcome, a good result, especially if you're thinking in positive terms, something good, something to wish for, something to hope upon, something that implicitly, again, is tied to life, the creative dynamic, not only life, but more life, abundant life, in that sense. Hopelessness is when we start to doubt, to disbelieve, to not have the confidence. And I see a lot of people on a day-to-day basis that have, through their experiences, been restricted now that could be again external Uh, you can't have everything again there's some definition limitation that sort of narrows the scope of possibility or potential but as much as again those things come upon us it seems again to come back once more to come back to us more than even probability and possibility for if you don't have hope or if you have found yourself because of repeated failures or some sense of blockage, something has got in the way, something has interfered, something has uh, caused the process, the movement along that continuum from just a thought to an outcome. Again, uh, in regards to our podcast today, but, you know, in terms of just life, Uh, Even if it isn't a thought, there's always potential, but there's a lot of factors that are beyond our control. But if we don't at least remain open to the creative process, the creative dynamic, we get depressed. That blockage, that obstacle, that feeling that something is always going to get in the way, that's not true, (laughs) If if the universe is driven by this creative dynamic and it's needful that we participate in it, to some extent all of us are participating in it as long as we're alive, but the minute that we start to not want to or have some belief that it's not going to happen, or that these things that we might wish upon and hope for life and more life is somehow going to be denied us, it's the minute that it starts to become a struggle. At least it seems we still might be lucky. There still might be something that comes along good. Uh, Maybe it's just random. But when you get to that point that you start to understand everything has life upon it why would you want to choose the opposite to believe that somehow death (laughs) the opposite of creativity or if there is a death whatever that might be represent within the scope of time and space and at least the, the primary dimensions in which humans exist or can measure in terms of our existence if those seem to Always have at least moments along the way where something has to be given up so that something can, new can take its place. Then, if we lose confidence in the new, then we've lost hope. I want to take a moment and remind you, our podcast listeners, you're listening to Word with Michael David Clay. So, if you lose hope, if you start to move the needle, as they used to say, starts to move to the hopeless side, if for whatever reason you've begun to see life in some sort of distorted fashion, uh, again, maybe it's (laughs) it could be multiple reasons. It's not just some, sort of. It's probably part of life that things die. Maybe we should just go ahead and say that. But within the scope of our, again, life, the dimensions, the continuum of our life, we should continue to look for then, or persist in looking for life. If you start to look for death, yes, death is going to come. It's inevitable because it's part of creativity. It's basically what we're saying. And with that, then we learn that it isn't terminal, it doesn't end us, it's just part of the transformation. It's part of a change. And even if you measure it in terms of bodily existence, yes, death comes us, becomes us all, as they say, or we might say, or would come to us all. It still doesn't mean, though, that creativity isn't at work, and depending on your persuasion of of what you consider to be the purpose and meaning of life, and where one goes after the physical ends, uh, a lot of people are, again, in some sort of different dimension, uh, separation from a material versus a conceptual, or, is, or in some way that process-driven creativity, creativity or creative dimension. If you're on the creative side of that, that's probably where hope is. And even death does not necessarily, again, in a terminal way, mean it's over. It's just going to change. Who you are may or may not continue. I don't know. But it would then be up to you to even see that in some sort of hopeful manner. Or you might look at that and say, well, if that's all it's going to come to, I might as well just go ahead and give up now. Or maybe I'll just enjoy what I have now, which may not be a bad idea, although there are certainly some things that you might do in life that you would put in the category of enjoyment that probably aren't all that good for you, and hedonism (laughs) kind of dictates pleasure pain. We are inclined to go for the good stuff, the pleasurable stuff, but we also realize that selfishness... Really results in isolation. We don't connect so well, uh, mostly because we're all takers, or we'd all be about taking. Not that we're all takers, but we'd all be about taking, and then probably you would find yourself surrounded by takers, and takers are really not a lot of fun to hang around. Uh, in that painful sort of way, that obviousness that creativity dictates something be given up for something else to happen. Uh, new to happen. Uh, Takers (laughs) seem to facilitate that process for everybody else, but in that same sort of way, maybe they're not going to experience the creative. All they know is what they got, and what they got may in some ways end up bringing them to some dimension of hopelessness simply because there's no diversity in it. (laughs) There's no creativity in it. Uh, you're you have to go out and interact if you if you just close your world off to the things that you want or the things that are good for you, you don't get input from others uh, again within the human scope, even in, in terms now again, once again going back to thoughts of the way we can maybe conceptualize, be creative and thinking probably there's no one out there who's listening right now that hasn't found themselves pretty bored. Maybe even feeling not only bored, but having discovered their life has become boring. Uh, And they want to be creative, but they've got that block. Because you can't really do that so easily without somebody else coming along. Again, when people get depressed, when they become upset, hurt, when they feel like that their life has become... Uh, maybe out of some dimension of randomness, leaning much too much toward the taking, something taking from them. That's really where they get depressed. Selfishness begets nothing but more selfishness and that from, it's exponential, from others. Because if you feel like it's loaded toward giving up too much, you're probably going to all the time too much, consistently too much. You're probably going to get a bit frustrated. There's no real win for you, and even if you are being obedient, so to speak, to the imperative to participate in the creativity, uh, it's not only going to be a struggle, but it's going to be filled full of pain that goes with that struggle. And if somebody's always taken from you, or the potential seems to then be controlled by somebody else for an outcome, and you really don't feel like you have much, as the article mentioned, it agency where you get a chance to actually contribute and feel like you have some say, some choice in it, you're going to probably end up seeing somebody like me. And we'll have to look at that and try to determine where that's coming from. Sort the best we can all those things out and at least try to counter what now seems to be more fatalistically thought-wise, action-wise, death-oriented, sort of life, (laughs) life direction, life pursuit, Uh, reconnect you with some creativity, try to balance out the distortion, Uh, try to offer some hope, Uh, maybe again through some dimension of problem solving, conceptualization, looking at it differently, I'm adding some perspective to it, if you're talking to me. And all of that becomes good. All of that, I think, in that way that good is attached to adaptive, good is attached to good outcome, uh, results life, more life, that's adaptability, that's what's adaptive, creativity. Uh, But with that, then, beginning to look at your life in terms of potential rather than lack thereof, pessimism, negativity, Uh, And what I think we fail to realize is, is that, yes, there's always genetics to be considered in biochemical basis. But if we have any agency or feeling of empowerment that choice might give us, we have to choose to do something even if we're predisposed, physiologically, biochemically, to be down, depressed. We have to do something to... Make a choice to do something to change that. And the power of thought. If you're thinking, again, pessimistically, negatively, if you've lost hope and you've gotten into the hopelessness, if you followed that trail from disappointment, again, goal blockage, something's gotten in the way, maybe repeated occurrences, maybe minor losses, just a lot of them, maybe major losses, more significant losses, have led you to the conclusion, what's the use? There's no reason trying. I can guarantee you (laughs) that is not only something that if you think that enough and you keep thinking that, that can become, even if it isn't connected to, a world that is filled full of creativity optimism, hope, potential, you can create an environment and a world that really is death-centered, trauma-centered, trauma-loss, taking too much, giving up too much, not getting any sort of positive return, the adaptive side, more life, feeling that it's all going to be the death of you. And with that, cognitive therapy. What's cognitive therapy? Changing the thought. Again, it's a struggle for one to conceptualize and expect outcomes. We started there. But once you get into a negative pattern and your thoughts are not conceptually positive to good outcomes, but just the opposite, hopeless, hopelessly, that nothing is going to happen then imagine how much more struggle it might be and how you're going to probably need some assistance. And maybe somebody is going to have to look at you and say, that's pretty negative. (laughs) We need to change that. Or, you know, I get it. You didn't have anything to do with all these bad things that happened, that measures again lost, that somebody has taken from you, or that you've had to give up and not really known the good gotten a return, maybe experience in even that most random of sort of dimensions, a good positive outcome. But it is a creative inter- universe. It's a creative world. And uh, you, you're not going to get anything if you keep thinking that way. And that's pretty basically what we say. It's not to anybody's shame or putting them down. And it certainly isn't without understanding and empathy. But lest someone would come along and say, hey, wait a minute, I think you can choose to do things differently. I I think things could kind of turn out differently. I I think the potential and possibility, uh, we could come up with that as a goal. (laughs) Or, Or at least embed our goals within a context of potential and possibility. That we could come up with some strategies some pathways, as the article mentions, that to accomplishment of the goal. And, and you do have the power. You have that agency. You have not only choice, but you have power to do something. I think it was Einstein' a theory of either relativity, or I believe that's what it was, that... Energy is neither created or destroyed, or it just changes shape or form, at least the manifestation of it, conservation of energy, one of the basic laws of science, physical universe. But that's really what we're saying, is that the energy is always there. You just have to be an open vessel for it. Be receptive, allow it to flow through you. And the process of creativity, you're part of that. Except that you would, in your own mind, decide it doesn't work. And then, choose to quit. Don't quit. (laughs) You have to persist. So, hope. The power to access the belief... That things can get better, no matter the challenges, can quite literally change the world? I don't know that we change the world, but the world is constantly changing, but we're a participant, and I'm inclined to believe that if it changes and the outcome seems aversive or negative, it's probably because we can't see either the purpose it serves, or in that we've interpreted it negative, which is Something else that we can talk about when it comes to just what kind of beliefs you have. But again, that may be for another podcast. So, Hope by David Feldman, PhD, Psychology Today, April 2022. You do have power in your beliefs that things can get better. We're not going to ground that in unrealistic aspirations. But I think what we are going to acknowledge is, it's never unrealistic to think that creative, creativity, the process that that really is, or as much as we might capture it in those terms, is a constant. And so is the energy. <laughs> you just have to have the skill set and awareness to know how to use it or turn it to your advantage. So, I agree (laughs) with the article. Surprise. And again, it's something inside of you as much as it is something that I impart or would give to you in psychological counseling sort of terms. Uh, But when you do need some assistance, that's what we try to do. Once more, let's all work toward that end of making the world a better place or at least enjoying the better that is in the world aspirationally but also materially and if you can come back and join me again on the next podcast because everything I am apt to say or do at least with intention is going to be to the betterment certainly of you as with Passing on or encouraging or delivering something that I believe might be useful uh, in this sort of way that you would be listening, and we can do it over the podcast. But I do that every day in the work that I do as a psychological counselor, as a psychotherapist. So whether you would be intentioned to see someone like me personally or just come back and listen to the podcast, it helps we're working together to make the world the best place that it possibly can be. So, with that thought in mind, I want to invite you back to the next podcast, the next edition of Word with Michael David Clay. And until then, good health and, as always, good mental health.